traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved immortal beings and good-looking people. Good-looking, always looking for and finding the good. We found good in abundance. And a happy new year. That's right. This is the holiday time. And you are about to listen to, in the next 23, 24 minutes, some of the most interesting, unknown, secret, and fascinating insights into New Year's, calendars, and how we got here. Isn't that amazing? Yes, the world will be a much more interesting place. You'll be able to share with family and friends insights into calendars that you had no idea about. And that's because most people don't, but you will. So this is really wonderful. My name is Barry Shore. I'm the ambassador of joy, and you're listening to the Joy of Living radio show, broadcast throughout the United States of America on 17 radio stations, reaching 3 million people, and then shared around the world by the internet, touching another 10 million people. So you, people are going to be learning something interesting. I urge you to share this with your friends and family. Maybe if you can't share this actual radio show, then tell people or urge people to tune in on these particular days that you we broadcast because you're gonna you just keep learning. And learning is one of the most important aspects of living well. If you want to do anything in life, anything that will make a better you, make you happier, healthier, and wealthier, is to become a lifelong learner. That's it, triple L, lifelong learner. So I'm gonna urge you to do two things. Again, in honor of the new year and the honor of you being happier, healthier, wealthier. One, learn to take action. Take action right now when I urge you to go to my site, www.barryshore.com, B-A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E slash ebook. That's right. You are going to get a no cost to you a copy of my transformational ebook. $14.95 is what it sells for. But we have a couple that's underwritten the distribution of 100,000 copies. Why? Because they understand how important this is for you, for humanity. You can make a difference. You can go mad. So I urge you, go there, www.barryshore.com forward slash ebook. Do it now. And now listen in and become a lifelong learner because there's much ado about something. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good looking people. Remember, you're good looking. You're always looking for and finding the good. The good is Happy New Year. Happy New Year with confetti and uh, Blow, horns blowing and fancy hats and drinking and watching something happen in Times Square at midnight and all over the world. But when is New Year? Hmm. Well, of course, Barry, New Year is on January 1st, isn't it? Well, it is. 
and it isn't. <laughs> We're talking about New Year, January 1st, on the calendar that is ubiquitous today around the world, but it is not the only calendar that is in existence. Matter of fact, there are many calendars in existence and many different New Years. If you were to be asked, and I'm asking you, to pick a time, a season when New Year would be most appropriate, I don't think you would say, well, January 1st, in the middle of uh, the beginning of winter, not the middle of winter, the beginning of winter. Winter just star started December 21st in the Northern Hemisphere. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, summertime. So why should that be New Year? Matter of fact, if I asked you, you would probably say springtime is a good time for New Year. And you'd be more than correct. Might even say that fall is a good time for New Year. And you'd be more than correct because many of the ancient calendars, and we're not talking about going back more than 3,500 years, but we're talking about of the ancient calendars and even some of the more modern ones from the past 1,000, 1,500 years, um, <clears throat> understand that the springtime or the vernal equinox in the fall are much more appropriate for a new year. January 1st is rather odd, isn't it? Well, let's discuss for the moment, and then in the next section, part two, we'll discuss the difference between the Julian calendar and the Gregorian calendar. Now, Gregorian calendar, you're probably familiar with from Gregorian chants, but Gregory was a pope, and that pope, because of an argument with Henry VIII, ended up changing the entire calendar for Western Europe or the areas that Europe controlled called Christendom and shifted many days to accommodate something that was happening in the calendar. But let's just take a look right now at January 1st. Two interesting little insights. Number one is that December 25th, when we just talked about, I'm curious about Christmas, occurred on the 25th of the month of December. Now, the month of December, for those of you who know something about Latin, or if you don't, you know that D-E-C, DECA, stands for the number 10. Now, that's interesting because November, N-O-V, stands for number 9. October, O-C-T, stands for number 8. September, S-E-P-T, stands for number 7. But wait a minute. Isn't December the 12th month and November the 11th and October the, what is it, 10th and September the 9th? How did that happen? Why are we calling December the 12th month when it really means the 10th month? And that's because in the Roman calendar, which did control most of the known world back in ancient Roman times, predating what we call the calendar that we have today, which we call BCE and BC and CE, BCE before the common era, before the Christian era, and CE, meaning the common era or the Christian era, then the Roman calendar had only 10 months, thus September, October, November, December. It was the Julian calendar 
in the time of Julius Caesar that made it evolution or revolution. But let's put that aside for just one moment, talk about December 25th, which, as we said before, was a time called Saturnalia. It was a few days after the winter solstice when the shortest day of the year occurred. And just a few days later, everybody noticed that, yes, there is more sunlight, just a little bit, but there is more. And that was cause for celebration when the Christian church became the dominant religion of the then declining Roman Empire, which is around the year 300 plus minus, then December 25th became a very important time to declare the bringing of light to the world in the form of the Messiah, Jesus. Now, if Jesus is born on the 25th, Jesus was a Jew. Everybody agrees to that. Jesus was a Jewish boy. All Jewish boys have what's called a circumcision, a brit milah, to use the Hebrew term, a circumcision on the eighth day of their existence. So eight days after the December 25th is, drumroll, fanfare, da -da -da -da, January 1st. Ah! <laughs> Imagine the whole world celebrates December 21st for the birth of one Jewish boy. All right, you, you understand that because Jewish mothers are certainly celebrating the birth of their boy. And he's going to be a doctor or a lawyer or Messiah. And then on eight days later, he has his circumcision. That's January 1st. Now, it's, it coincides as coincidental, but it's something to be aware of. <clears throat> the other piece I just want to make mention to everybody, and we'll talk about again in the second part, is that there are many calendars coexisting with the calendar that we have now. There's a Chinese New Year, as everybody knows. There's a Hindu New Year. There's uh, the Japanese New Year, interesting, has a little bit of a history we should talk about. Um, there's a Burmese New Year. And most of the calendars, and of course a Muslim New Year, most of the other calendars do use the springtime, or the vernal equinox in the northern hemisphere, we're calling that the spring and uh, autumn or fall, because we're mostly talking about the northern hemisphere, as the demarcation designated time for a new year, but to be taken up in part two. So for the moment, I urge everybody, celebrate January 1st, know a little bit more what it's about, and we're going to do parts two, parts three, and we'll learn more about calendars and New Year's, and you're going to be fascinated by what happens with Henry VIII and how he changed everything, maybe for the better, maybe not. We'll see. Okay, best wishes, everybody. Go forth. Live exuberantly. Spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking. You're always looking for and finding the good. We want to find good. I'm curious about New Year's. Is it always January 1st? Has it always been this way? Well, the simplest answer is, of course, no. It's been this way for a long time. But long is a relative term, isn't it? So we're going to meet a few interesting personalities, and you're going to find out that the calendar, which you thought was set, wasn't always. And the power of one person to bring about change is quite amazing. We're going to start with Julius Caesar. 
everybody's heard of Julius Caesar. His interesting initials, by the way, JC, very fascinating. We can talk about that another time. But Julius Caesar uh, was really in power around what we call the year 40 before the Common Era. So just over 2,000 plus years ago. And he recognized at the time, as did the entire Senate and the population, that the civic calendar and the, we will call the ceremonial calendar, were out of sync by about uh, 10, 12, 13 days. So what he did, things never change in politics. He issued a commission <laughs> to study the situation. And they went, they found a, the greatest astronomer in the time, who was a Greek astronomer living in Alexandria. And he proposed the calendar situation that rings true to us today, which is 12 months, 30 days or 31 days uh, in each one of the 12 months with February as 28th, but never a February 29th because you would have a leap year and that would be uh, February 29th every four years or so. And that was adopted. Now, by the way, at the same time, in addition to having a new calendar and setting everything straight, uh, two things happened. Number one, Julius says, wait a minute, one of those months should be called after me. And it was dubbed July. <laughs> That's how we have July. And of course, July was a month of 31 days because you couldn't have more than 31. And you didn't want to be less than you know, regular persons, oh, 31 days in July. And the new year began on March 25th, because that makes the most sense. I mentioned before, springtime is a time of renewal. That is a good time for having a new year. So that was the way things were for many hundreds of years. Let's call it 1,500 plus years, but around the year 1527, 1530, 40 plus minus around there, uh, the Catholic Church was, was then completely dominant in Europe, which uh, we're talking about is that source of our calendar situations. Uh, the Pope re recognized that everything was out of sync again by about 10 days or so. And the key for the calendar in the Catholic Church, as in any religious organization, is religious holidays. And everything in the Catholic Church revolved around Easter time, because that's really the time of renewal, rebirth, and the emergence of Jesus as the messianic uh, being. And so it wasn't January 1st. So what, again, a commission was brought together to say, what are we going to do with the calendar? And we are now going to issue a new calendar, says the current Pope, Gregory XIII. But here's what gets really fun. So put on your seatbelt, hold on. Uh, around the year 1527 or so, uh, there was a king in England. His name was Henry, Henry VIII. Yes, that remarkable, interesting being. And he married a number of wives, but his first wife, uh, Catherine, was Catholic, and so was Henry. But he didn't want to be married to her any longer because she could not produce a male heir. Yes, he was sexist, leave that all aside. So he wanted to divorce Catherine. The Pope wouldn't let him. He secretly married Anne Boleyn, and the Pope excommunicated him. So he said, pshaw, <laughs> I don't hold by you, Pope. And I now am the ruler of the kingdom of England, and I'm in charge of the Church of England. And Parliament went along with him and created the Supremacy Act, which meant that the king 
had the power. He was supreme, and he now led the Church of England, the Anglican Church, which, by the way, is mimics in almost everything the Catholic Church, but it was run officially by Henry. So when along came later uh, the Pope Gregory to say, hello, we have a new calendar. And this was in 1582. And we're changing the new year from March 1st to January 1st. And we're shifting everything a number of days and everything's going to align again. And we know what to do and make sure it's going to last for eternity. Well, England said, no, thank you. What do you mean? England said no thanks. That's right. They opted out. They did not accept the Gregorian calendar. Now, this is going to pose an interesting dilemma, which we'll talk about in the next section, because over the next couple hundred years, things got out of sync again. Could you imagine sending a letter from London dated, let's say, uh, December 29th of the particular year, call it 1700, and getting to Paris a few days later, but already by that time, Paris was 11 plus days ahead. <laughs> so communication is very difficult. And in addition to that, the Greek Orthodox Church and the Russian Orthodox Church, which are almost the same, uh, decided also not to adhere to the Pope's calendar and maintained the Julian calendar. So you're talking about vast swaths of earth and hundreds of millions of adherents, not all adhering to the same calendar. So we're going to leave it right here for the moment. But suffice it to say, a new calendar comes along and it says that January 1st is the New Year's and not March 25th, which by the way, a lot of people also celebrated April 1st as New Year. We'll talk about that next time. That's where the whole idea of April Fool's came along. And in the next part, we'll tie it all together and give you a package that you'll enjoy. You can tell over whoever wants to listen when you celebrate New Year's. So our blessing to you is go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking. Shall be looking for and finding the good. We found good. Where did we leave our intrepid heroes? Do you remember? Oh, my gosh. Julius Caesar revamped the... Roman calendar, which control Rome controlled most of the then quotation marks known world, what we call the European area and all of North Africa. And that was in the year, let's say almost 2000 plus years ago, 40 before the common era. And he added a month, changed the name of a month called July, 31 days. Okay. Fast forward now another 1500 plus years and the system that was used was off by about 10 days. What do you mean off? Well, that meant that springtime was coming not where it should be because springtime had to be around Easter. Easter was tied to what the Jewish holiday called Passover was and a full moon at a certain time. And the calendar was used, a religious calendar. So Gregory convened a committee, a commission. A, it's always politics, no matter if it's a church or not. And decided, okay, we're going to revamp, we're going to fix it, we are going to add leap years, and not just um, every four years will be a leap year, it'll be February 29th, and that so, uh, the century, all the things that we have built in today, and declared, this is the new calendar. Well, prior to that, in 1582, Henry VIII had, had taken England out of the Catholic Church. So now this new calendar did not apply to England. So England went on its own. 
Now that in 1582, okay, it's one thing. Most of Europe was uh, under the Catholic sway, but also it was the Protestant Revolution. Now they still kept to the new calendar, Gregorian calendar. Remember, the far eastern parts of Europe, such as Russia and such, did not. They had the Greek Orthodox Western Church, and England did not. Fast forward now a couple hundred years, <laughs> 1582, and now you're in let's call the year 1750. You hear this? 1750. England has a vast empire outside of the United Kingdom, a small island nation controlled all of uh, the colonies in America, in India, many islands in the, uh, what we call today, the uh, West Indies and in the East Indies and all around the world. They were still using the Julian calendar. They didn't uh, hold by the Pope, uh, but it became a little bit more difficult because now there's 11 days separating the continent, as it were, from England. So correspondence becomes very difficult. And it was finally decided in 1752, yes, 1752, that England was going to join the now dominant calendar system and adopt three things. Number one, the new calendar. So that means you're going to have to fast forward 11 days. So uh, this applies to America. George Washington was born on February 11th, 1752, uh, 1725, old calendar. But when he had to go and now when the new calendar came, he didn't fight against it. He now made his birthday February 22nd. So you look it up, you'll see February 22nd, 1725. All right. So people lost. Where are my 11 days? You didn't lose anything. But the point is now that everything shifted and the calendar was now celebrating January 1st as New Year. January 1st, not March 25th, which it had done until 1582. So this is interesting because March 1st, March 21st was to be the a few days after the spring equinox. And that was the beginning of the new year. But all really people were celebrating on April 1st. Remember, just like December 25th and eight days later or seven days later, depending on your count, is the new year. So to March 25th and April 1st. But people who kept celebrating April 1st were called April Fools. Okay, that's one of the origins. So now we have New Year's Day as January 1st throughout UK, all its colonies, throughout Europe. The only hold at the moment now is Russia under the czars. So as you see that Russia did not conform to the Gregorian calendar until 1919. Yes, only when you overthrew in the communist revolution, 1917, you overthrew the czars. Now they threw everything away. Say, we don't want anything to do with the czars anymore, anything they had. And we're now joining the European process. And they adopted the Gregorian calendar, except for the Greek Orthodox Church and the Roman Orthodox Church, which, by the way, numbers over 330 million people and in their adherents. So in the Greek Orthodox calendar, Christmas is celebrated on January 7th. New Year's is celebrated on January 14th. Again, seven days apart or eight days, depending how you count. And remember, it's all because that one little Jewish boy. And when a Jewish boy is born, eight days later, you have what's called a brit milah or a circumcision. 
Amazing, but it's all true. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. And by the way, go back to the Julian calendar when Julius Caesar was dispatched, killed, died, gone, and rose up another emperor from him uh, named Augustus. So guess what Augustus said? Wait a minute. I don't get a, a month? If Julius had one, certainly I do. He's gone. I'm here. So now you know why we have August and it's 31 days. He couldn't make 32 because that'd be nobody would stand by that. It'd be too weird. So he kept it at 31. But at least he was at least equal to, if not better than, he ruled much longer than Julius Caesar. So there you have it. New Year's Day is really... Uh, January 1st, according to the Gregorian calendar, made many changes over the millennia, but that's the nature and the evolution of time. And we'll be talking about my, I'm curious about time in another segment, but I thought you'd enjoy it. So when you have your party hat on and you're, whatever you make noise with and such like that, you toast to uh, the new time of year, just be aware that January 1st is just a day but it's a pivotal day to make resolutions that will be beneficial to you, to your family, to your friends, and to all living beings. So our blessing is go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go mad, go make a difference. Well, that was quite amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> All the things you learned. But I would urge you to do the following. I know you have to only hear it once, but just jot down right now the three most interesting points that you didn't know before, or if you knew them, then reinforce it, and then share them at the parties that you're going to go to over the following few days in celebration, celebrating New Year's. Because it's fun. F-U, capital N, capital N. So on that note, we want to follow up and really invite everyone that's listening. And there are tens of millions, actually not tens of, there's about 12 million people listening. We invite everyone. Take action. Get a copy of my ebook at no cost, www.barryshore.com forward slash ebook. Get it. Read it. Use it. Be transformed. Every day of the coming year is a new opportunity for you. Something enabling you to shift your perspective. Remember what we say, oh, shift. You gotta be effing careful with those Fs or the other stuff happens. Oh, shift. So our blessing is go forth, live exuberantly, spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Happy New Year. Go make a difference. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.